Hello, everyone. Welcome to Outside the Walls. We have a great episode for you today. Uh, my name is Casey McDonald. And I'm Steve Reeves. And we have Eric Key with us today from the Navajo exactly. Nation. Welcome, Eric. Good morning. Thank <laughs> so you for glad me. to have you, Eric. <laughs> yeah, very good. How long of a drive was it for you? Uh, two days, eight hours. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good. Uh, well, wow. Great to have you in Searcy, Arkansas. You bet. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> Thank you. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you got acquainted with Searcy. How'd you even know about this little town? <laughs> um, I really didn't. I was actually just dropping a friend off at Harding the weekend before school started, and uh, Glenn Dillard was a recruiter at the time and mm. and he just recruited me to stay and stayed and and got my bachelor of science and art and and was here for three years awesome in the beginning that's great yeah that's how i showed up in searcy <laughs> and just stuck huh yeah just stuck <laughs> well very good well uh we we're hoping to have uh tracy on the podcast as well today uh but uh there were some sick kiddos that she needed to attend to yeah. so yeah. uh but eric thank you for taking your time out and west side has just recently uh started helping support the navajo nation and uh and so uh, that's where you grew up correct I did. I did. I grew up in Tuba City. I was born okay. there, uh, moved away for a short time, and then came back. I graduated from high school from there. Okay. Okay. Well, very good. Once, you know, I, I, I uh, found out Sunday after class, and I didn't even realize this, that uh, I had a connection with the Keys that I didn't know existed, mm -hmm. and that was through Tracy, who was Tracy Patterson, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I remember her as a young lady, very young, uh, when I preached in West Helena, Arkansas, where her grandmother attended yes. church, and uh, her aunt and uh, uncle, uh, Mary Windish, and uh, her late husband, Bob. But it just blew my mind Sunday, uh, uh, Eric, when Tracy came up to me. And then, of course, Tracy's parents were here Sunday, um, Nathan uh, Patterson and, and Tracy's mom. And I, I was just blown away when I'm like, I can't believe that I have this connection with the family. But uh, And also uh, the fact that Tammy and I have uh, been involved uh, over the years uh, on the eastern side of the Navajo Nation at Fort Defiance, mm -hmm. we've gone out about four or five times through the years to uh, work with the church there. So I'm really excited you're mm -hmm. here, and I'm excited that West Side is a part of this ministry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about how long you've been <clears throat> working uh, with with the church there, and kind of how that all got started. Um, so we went out in February of 2014 and it was after my predecessor passed away uh, in May of 2013 and I was the youth minister there when I returned from Italy I, I did the two-year Avanti Italia program and and I came back and, and worked with the youth group there and so after Paul G passed away um, the church asked Tracy and I to, to come and take over the work, and and we were very comfortable. I was working at Walmart Distribution, and Tracy was a recruiter at Harding, and, and we had a, a comfortable life, and and we tried really hard to get out of it, but uh, but God had other plans for us. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, very good. Well, if you didn't catch it on our Facebook page, we did have Eric and Tracy uh, both as kind of a Q&A session, so you could go and check that out uh, as well on Westside's Facebook page. Uh, so we wanted to bring you in and maybe ask some questions that we didn't get to and uh, maybe give you a little time to uh, dive a little bit deeper into maybe some of the questions that you had. Uh, but starting out, uh, we're we're interested to know uh, just the contrast between you know you've you've seen uh, you know several ch- different churches around uh, Cersei just the contrast between the church in Cersei and the church in Tuba City uh, just the uh, just describe some of the differences for for people that might be interested. Oh, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so a lot a lot of the big big differences is um, I want to say culturally. Um, you know, there's, there is a Southern culture here in Arkansas mm, sure. versus the Navajo yeah. culture in, in Arizona. And a lot of that does, does pour into, to the, to the way people worship, you know, um, a lot of the cultural beliefs of, of the people on the reservation kind of carry into when, when they do worship, um, like here here's a good example you know a lot of people in the reservation don't have uh, a lot of money so they'll but they pour into meals mm. you know and so when when we have potlucks our, our potlucks are pretty big <laughs> you know everybody always tries to bring something whether whether it's it's something that they put a lot of work into or if they only have a few supplies you know they'll they'll bring what they can mm-hmm. And so, um, but when it comes to contribution, you know, that, that's, that's a little bit on, on, uh, a little bit different because I, I've noticed here in the South, you know, it's, 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 I don't know, I don't want to say required. It's, it's just known, you know, you give, you give, you give, and, and that's part of, part of being a, a Christ follower, uh, on the reservation since, the government came in, you know, American Indians, not just the Navajo tribe, have have um, developed this idea that we have to rely on mm. on the government. And so anybody that's non-native that comes into the, the reservation, including churches, um, have that cultural barrier that mm. that we talked about mm. on on mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, and and a non-native, it takes about five years to cross that mm. barrier for for the community to actually accept them fully, and so a lot of the early churches um, trying to cross that created a a um, a dependency, you know, they would give out money, they would give out, um, they would pay rent they would pay electrical bills they would pay water bills they would give free food and you know and so mm-hmm. instead of um of becoming a, a legit church family they created this hierarchy where where the where the indian people would come you know almost like the the little kid mm-hmm. with their hand palms clasped together to say you know what can i mm-hmm. get from you mm-hmm. and so we've we've really tried to get away from that mm-hmm. right. um uh, since we've gotten there, and so with us, both Tracy and I, and, and myself being being a full blooded Navajo, you know, I didn't I didn't have to cross that cultural barrier, mm-hmm. and so um, 
But I did have to cross the cultural barrier when I lived here in Arkansas. <laughs> Just not the same. <laughs> oh. No doubt. Well, how, is, how has it affected the church uh, in Tuba City w- over the last year and, uh, you know, the ongoing effects of the pandemic and uh, shutting down? How has that, that looked for the church there? Um, so we shut our doors in, in March like everybody and it was total lockdown. We, um, the Navajo Nation government gave the order to, to, to shelter in place, mm-hmm. you know, in the very, the first six months. And the only time you could go out is, is for necessary items, like if you needed your groceries mm-hmm. or go to the mail or you had to go to the hospital. You know, they, they were really cracking down on people just kind of driving around right. and hanging out. And then uh, after so many months you know they told the churches you can have 10 people in your church but the beginning of of the pandemic we turned like everybody else to zoom Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the navajo nation tech technology wise we're still about 15 years behind everybody else our internet is awful Mm -hmm. um people are still using flip phones there and and so uh it didn't go over too well when we started Zoom, and, and it's, but it slowly picked up. Mm-hmm. And what was neat about Zoom was that we can reconnected with a lot of a lot of church members that had left, you know, that moved down to Phoenix or, or went to work somewhere else or moved out of state. And mm-hmm. so we just sent the link out to everybody, and we we reconnected with quite a few people. Um, slowly, the, the the reservation is letting up, and and then. Um, we, they told us we could have 20% capacity. We can, and so now, uh, within the last couple of weeks, maybe three, four weeks ago, they said you can have 50% capacity. Okay. okay. And so with a an, an average uh, attendance of about 30 to, to 40, you know, okay. we can we can accommodate everybody, but still, just just the way the the virus hit. The Navajo Nation, we had more deaths per capita than anywhere else in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know personally about 20 people who have died, and we know so many more who have who have the the lasting effects mm. of of the COVID virus. Um, we've had family members, we've had church members, we've we knew people who were who looked healthy, but ended up passing away. You know, um, there's so many underlining health issues. Our, 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 our peoples are we're, we're hunter gatherers, and and we, we're you know our bodies just haven't changed. We haven't developed and and caught up with the rest of the world, and and our bodies still need you know squash, beans, and corn, and then that very high protein diet of 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 deer and, and rabbit and, mm-hmm. and elk, you know, and 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 our bodies aren't used to eating all the time. You know, we would eat maybe once a day or, or every other day. And so our bodies, you know, are used to that. And our, our peoples were very small people, you know, and, and, it's, and it's sad because our people um, were given a lot of uh, things that are a lot of food that our body could not digest, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or, or break down. And so... Diabetes is is rampant on on the reservation. Mm. People have to go to dialysis just to, you know, just to survive. You know, heart issues, um, 
kidneys, alcoholism, you know, and, and meth just came onto the reservation and it spread like wildfire. And really? So it's, it's pretty bad there. Um, so now, you know, our, our people, you know, they eat until they get full, but but now they're they're eating at Taco Bell and they're mm-hmm. eating at McDonald's or uh-huh. you know all these fast food places. Yeah. So you know it's it's uh, it, diabetes is just sets in, hmm. right? You know, right? Yeah. Tracy mentioned Sunday about uh, a guy that you administered to that um, I, I believe was addicted to meth. Uh, whenever you first met him, uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, that that ministry to an individual uh, that is addicted to something like a drug or, or alcohol uh, might look in your case? Well, he was, uh, he wasn't addicted to meth. He was a meth dealer. Oh, okay. Okay. And his name is Chris. Um, and Chris is a, a neat guy. I knew him in, in high school. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, he was rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he came around, I, I knew who he was, but and I, I didn't quite trust him. And but we, you know, he had a a desire to to work, a desire to know more about about. I'm not going to say Christ because he had a, a spiritual side to him that he is like, you know, there's something out there. I just don't know what it mm-hmm. is. And so that was a, a perfect opportunity for for both Tracy and I to minister to him and his family. And um, he worked for he worked for us at the church, you know, doing odd and end jobs for about six months. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time, you know, we had conversations every day, and 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 he was like, "Ah, there's something missing in my life." Mm-hmm. And I was all like, "Okay, Lord, <laughs> I mean, if this is who you sent me, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try." And but I need mm-hmm. your help. Yeah. I need your help. And and so uh, just over time, um, you know, I I taught him about being not just a believer but an actual Christ follower and our um, our theme at Tuba City Church Christ is is probably like a, a theme for a lot of other churches is be a disciple make a disciple so um, you know I don't think we'll ever be that church that'll that'll bring hundreds and thousands to Christ but if we can get those few to to walk that path of righteousness throughout their life you know that's our goal you know right. we, we just don't want the pew sitters and, and the people <clears throat> yeah, that do the sure. checklist we want those who have the have a hunger for yeah. to know what it is to have the holy spirit what it is to know who christ is and those who want to please god yeah and so over time um we had another friend who was an fbi agent <laughs> And one day, Chris just stopped coming around. Hmm. And so um, we have the Navajo Nation police and we have our judicial system, but everything that is a felony is turned over to the federal, the FBI. Okay. And so we had, we had, a, we made friends with an FBI agent out of Flagstaff and he came over and was visiting with us. And we we're like, yeah, uh, we had this guy that was working with us and and he just kind of disappeared one day and he goes what's his name I'll look him up and I was like yeah his name's Chris and told him his last name and <laughs> he goes oh yeah we picked him up oh no. <laughs> oh wow. wow and so um 
He's like, yeah, he he had a he had a record and he was wanted, and so we we picked him. He was real nice, you know, he was very open about who he was and didn't give us any problems. And you know, we even took him to McDonald's and got him lunch. And and so he's uh, he's down in Phoenix uh, okay. at one of the federal prisons. And so um, so we went from there and got Chris's. Uh, uh, his address, and so we wrote letters to okay, him good, and, and continued good. to minister to him, and and um, he ended up getting out, and just out of the blue, a month, maybe two months after he got out, he gave me a call, and he said, I'd like you to come down and, and baptize me. <laughs> and so we went down, and we had a, a, a friend who was— um, who was a minister at, at one of the churches down there? He said, "You can use our baptistry, no problem." <laughs> and and we baptized him, and he's been he's been a faithful follower since. How about uh, that? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Do you do you do you find uh, Eric among the among uh, the the Navajo Nation? Do you find a, a lot of uh, the sense of searching, or maybe maybe a sense of kind of a hopelessness, looking for something more spiritually? Um, there is that. Um, I wouldn't say a lot. Um, there is a cultural belief already in place, and so that um, I want to say a lot of the people that I, um, other natives that I come in contact with, they believe in something. Right. They're, they're, they're very. We're very. We as in Navajos, we're very spiritual people. Yes. Um, but it's. It's it's a slippery slope. Uh, it, this is a kind of a hard question for me because uh, when I say we, I'm, I'm just saying Navajo people. I don't mean like I believe the same way. Um, it's just something I identify with. But sure, um, there are those who are are really searching. Um, the belief system of the Navajo is we uh, Navajos we believe in one Creator. We have a flood story in our. In our in our cultural stories of how we came to be, mm-hmm. we have, you know, in the Bible there's David and Goliath. We have a giant. We you know we have twins that that fought and killed a giant. Mm. You know, wow. and uh-huh. and some of the some of those are are kind of the same, and 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 I can kind of relate those sometimes, but I try not to integrate them and. and I'm I'm very careful not to make anything new, but right. I always try to bring everything back to who Jesus is, mm-hmm. what he did for us, you know, and 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 it's kind of hard because <laughs> when we first started, we had um we had what we call walkers, you know, people who just walk up and down the street. A lot of them are alcoholics. They they would come into the church property and they would talk cultural with me and they would they would they would um and then I would try to convert them and, and give them the message, and and they were so interested in it. And and then I'd see them the next week, and we'd have the same conversation. And um, and it was one of those aha moments of, you know what, the devil's gonna take my most valuable asset and use these type of people because it, it's my time. You know, we're only on this earth for just a short period of time, and and he was wasting it. So, to answer your question, there there is and there isn't. Sure. Um, 
I will pour into someone who has a desire like Chris did. And it wasn't something that was that was clear to me right off the bat. You know, it was it took a period of, of a, a month or two before I really saw that that desire of, oh, he's he's serious, you know. But but now I, I go into conversations, you know, I try to I try to look for keywords or or I sure. look for what is their motive for talking to me and and the majority of the time it it's still that what can you give me mm. kind of kind of thing you know and and right. it, it's frustrating sometimes but you know I, it always brings me back to the so uh the the talents you know even if I can share the talent or and 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 multiply it one time you know my my life won't be in vain. Good. Sunday, you shared uh, one of your proudest moments in in ministry, and uh, kind of a piggyback to that kind of question. I'd be interested to know maybe what is either you and Tracy as a ministry team, or you individually, one of your greatest disappointments, and how what lesson you learned from that, or what lessons you learned from from that disappointment as a team or individually. Uh, I want, there are a lot of disappointments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ministry is, is if you've been in a ministry, I, I think you have more disappointments than, and failures than you do triumphs. But, um, I think, uh, one of the biggest disappointments I probably have is, um, I want to say being weary. Mm. You know, um, the position that I'm in, it's not just being a minister. It's being a counselor. It's being a friend. It's being a mechanic. It's being a woodworker. It's being the plumber. It's being the groundskeeper. It's being, you know, I, 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 I'm the youth minister, the song leader. You know, I'm, I'm the deacon, the minister, and, and you know, everything in one, you know, and, and, um, I said on Sunday that I I felt like I'm going to take the the quote from um, uh, I can't remember if it's I think it's Lord of the Rings where he said <laughs> I feel like I feel like jam spread across you know spread across too much bread and I, and I'm just so thin because wow. that's what I feel that's, like that's a good analogy and um, I don't you know I'm scared of that I'm I'm afraid of that I really am because the last time we became weary, you know, we thought there was a, a team that was being brought together and it and ended in disaster, just a cascade of different things that just just happened. And, you know, it, depression set in for, for my wife, Tracy, and, and for me, I almost walked away from the ministry a few times. And, um, but, but we took what we, what we went through and we learned, you know, I feel like I've become, I have thicker skin because mm-hmm. of it, you know, and, and, but I, I don't want to become uncompassionate. And that was one of the things that was happening at, at the time I started to become, um, I lost my compassion for people. And, um, and so when someone would come in, you know, uh, natives, who are in poverty, I'm, I'm, or just people who are in poverty are, are angry. 
you know, that they're just very angry and, and, um, and natives, especially, you know, uh, even now, a lot of, a lot of the history that happened to native Americans are, are being, you know, they're not even, it's not even taught in school anymore, you know, and it's one of those forgotten things. And so I like to call it the 500 year old chip, you know, and so, mm-hmm. and Christianity is seen as, as, uh, in quotes, uh, the white man religion. And I was, I was, I think I even talked about this on Sunday is that a lot of natives don't, don't trust Christianity because the government used, um, missionaries to take children, basically kidnap them from their home in my, my grandparents' generation and forced them to go to boarding school to educate them, to civilize them. And so when they spoke their language at, at the boarding school, uh, they were reprimanded. They were locked in rooms for like days at a time. They were beaten. And, and it's a very sad thing. Um, you know, they, uh, their hair was cut. And if you look at these old black and whites, you can probably Google it, just boarding schools in the 1800s or the, or the um, early 1800s, and you see all the little girls have the straight cut across. And they, they remind me of Dora, Dora the Explorer. Dora, that, yeah. Everybody yeah. had that haircut. And then the little mm. boys had the, the, the buzz cut, you know. And, and um, you know, natives believe that your hair brings you strength. And I'm like, oh, like Samson, cool, yeah. you know. And uh, so, you know, they said you're, you're, more, you're more connected with the earth or you're more connected with um, Mother Nature and, you mm. know, and all that. And so, but, and, and the, I, part of I, an identity is, is how you look. And that was one of the things that they, they changed right away. You know, in order to kill the culture, in order to, to kill the spirit of a people, you kill the language. And I, and I was telling... Uh, uh, actually, I told a lot of people this. My parents spoke only Navajo. My grandparents did. My mom and dad's generation who went to boarding school, you know, they speak mostly Navajo and some English. So it's almost half and half. And then my generation, they told us, you know, education. Education is the key. When we speak to you in Navajo, uh, answer us in English. And so it goes in Navajo, we understand it, but then it always comes out English. Mm. And so now my children's generation is the ones that are, you know, a lot of, lot of children don't, you know, they don't speak, speak the language. They don't understand the culture. And so just in the four generations, you know, our, our, it's been lost. Mm. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked. No, there, but, uh, <laughs> no, perfect. You mentioned some of the... Uh, hang-ups with Christianity uh, among natives. What are what are what would you say are some of the biggest misunderstandings about Christianity uh, amongst the Navajo people? Um, a couple of the biggest misunderstanding is is um, here's a here's a great quote. Uh, your your church. You're supposed to help me. Um, so that that goes back to. What can you give me? You know, and we've had that quote so many times because the churches, like I said, wanted to cross that cultural barrier, so they gave out so many things, and that's that's probably one of the biggest frustrations for me as as one the minister, and more importantly, to as a Navajo, you know, full-blood Navajo. I grew up on a reservation. I know the hardships. I know the misconceptions. I know 
I know what it is to uh, to receive something from the church and get that idea in my head. You know, I have, um, I've kind of had to deprogram myself, you know, to 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 that because when I first got back, I was like, oh yeah, we need a benevolence fund. And so we created this benevolence fund when we first got to Tuba City. And, and the first month, it lasted almost three and a half weeks. Then the next month, it was cut in half. It was a week, almost a week and a half. Then the third month, it lasted like three hours, <laughs> you know. And, and, right. and so after that, we had to stop it because, you know, it was just... One of those things where, oh, the Church of Christ is giving out free money. And, mm. you know, we tried to write people's names down and, and you know, write, you know, take a picture of their, their driver's license. So it's like, okay, we've already given money to this person. But when the word gets out, you know, the yeah. word gets out. Yeah. Um, well, I will have to say in that regard, um, Eric, <clears throat> we even here in uh, our local community, we face a very similar type of thing. Uh, there are a lot of people that are out there that are looking for a handout. Uh, I know uh, in some of the benevolent efforts that we have tried to do through the years, it's been very much the same thing. There are a lot of people who, when they find out you're offering a free service or something uh, of, of that nature. Um, so so I, I guess there is kind of a part of that that is cross-cultural in a sense. Yes, yeah. And we've had to do a lot of things uh, really by trial and error. Right. You know, my, my degree is I have a Bachelor of Science in Art, you know, and, and so I, I didn't have a Bible major. I, I mean, I took some of the Bible classes at Harding, but, you know, I think I probably got a, a D in most of my classes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm studying the Bible more. Um, I've you know, really just dived into the Old Testament and and have read the New Testament a few times. But everything that we're doing is trial and error. And there's that saying out there, you know, God, you know, he doesn't want to call the qualified. He's going to qualify the call, yes. you know. And and you look at the disciples, you know, they, they were uneducated men. And I, I feel like the, the educated one who was the money counter, you know, ended up messing up, you know, and, and I see that on the reservation. I see that and in, in just anywhere, you know, people are people and there's whether you're white, black, you know, whether you're from Italy, whether you're from Asia or wherever, you know, there's there's a missing component, I think, in all, all of our lives. Um, I think that. Uh, the here's another quote you know there's a there's a Christ shape void that needs mm-hmm. to be filled and so many so many things are, are are filling it temporarily but the only thing that can fill that Christ shape void is Christ himself but um, I have a, a real quick question uh, I know you were a part of the Avante Italia mm-hmm. uh, program um, how did that shape your life and your ministry? Uh, wow. Um, I actually went to the program being an art major because 
Michelangelo is one of my greatest heroes. Mm. You know, I I loved his work, and I was and I was thinking, you know, I can live in Italy for two years and and study a little bit of art and and just do that. That was my motive for going. <laughs> and then after the luster wore off, after about two and a half months, uh, I, <laughs> I I think God had that heart to heart with me. You know that that okay. You've had your fun. It's time to, time <laughs> to hit the ground running. Um, um, I want to say Italians love Native Americans, especially Navajo. They have a cartoon there called Tex Wheeler, and there's a character. He's 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 the equivalent of the Lone Ranger. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and they have a um, his his sidekick is a Navajo, and I cannot remember the name of it of of his character. But I would get asked a lot. They're like, "Do you know Tex Wheeler?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, I don't." But um, but uh, probably need to figure out who this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, "I gotta, I gotta know who this is." And and so uh, every time I um, I would start meeting with somebody, that was one of the first things I told them. I said, "I'm American Indian living in Italy, and I'm teaching English uh, using the Bible." And I had no problem getting students. I was one of those odd uh, Avanti Italia workers. Um, one of my outreach programs was uh, I went to the local um, palestra, the, the gym, the local gym. And I joined a judo club there. I, I studied Brazilian jiu-jitsu from 94 on. And then when I got to Italy, I couldn't find a school. And so I, next best thing, I joined judo. And so uh, I ended up having a lot of guys from the gym, the instructor, the owner of the gym ended up coming to the, to the Bible school and oh, studying great. with us. And then my other outreach program, uh, it was, I had a breakdance ministry. <laughs> I, I know. I think we should start that at West Side. I, I haven't heard of any other Cersei church doing that. That would be a new one. <laughs> breakdancing just blew up in, uh, in Europe. And all of the streets are marble. And so all of the kids from surrounding town would come to the center of Florence and they would just break dance on the streets. And so I befriended a bunch of them and I didn't know how to break dance, you know, and, but I was, I was at the time I was big into graffiti art. Um, and so I would draw the kids in, in cartoon character and I would write their names in graffiti, and so I would just hand it out. And so I, I got involved, and I started. I probably had about a dozen students just from those kids, and um, I I still see them. Like uh, we try to get back every few years, and they they're still in the center of Florence every Monday, <laughs> Wednesday, and Friday in the evenings. And we would go down. They'll bring their their uh, their boombox hooked up to a car battery, and and they're still there. And you know they. <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> they still welcome me with open arms. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Eric, we'd like to say a prayer and ask if there's anything specific uh, to you, uh, Tracy, your kids, your ministry there. Uh, if there's anything specific you would like to pray for, uh, I'll ask Steve if he'll lead us in a prayer in just a minute. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us on Outside the Walls today. especially want to thank uh, Eric for coming on and joining us and fielding our questions like a pro. And uh, and so are there anything specific that we can pray for you today? Uh, just uh 
pray for the work. Pray for uh, uh, pray for the people there. We still haven't opened the church yet. We're we're looking to open back in the fall, but I know a lot of the Navajos there, there's mm-hmm. and uh, the Hopi Nation right next to us. They're very scared, mm-hmm. you know, to come in contact with other people. Even though a lot of them, a lot of uh, Tubians and, and people in Mongkopi are are vaccinated, but you know, I just pray for the work, pray for the leadership, pray for um, uh, Tracy and I weariness. You know, like I said, I'm I'm afraid of being weary. Just uh, help us to, to teach truth. Okay, thanks so much. See, let's bow together, Father in heaven. Thank you so much for the time we've had to visit with Eric today. We're so grateful for Eric and Tracy and for their family and for the work that they are doing in Tuba City, Arizona, among the Navajo Nation. Father, we're very, very thankful for uh, the, the efforts that they're putting forth. We ask you to please lift them up, encourage them. We know that it's easy to grow weary. It's easy to uh, lose heart sometimes especially when we're dealing with uh, so many people who come from a countercultural standpoint and uh, it's it's tough we pray father that you will bless eric and tracy and their children with encouragement and strength and we pray that we here at Westside, as we and other congregations help to support that ministry there that we can lift them up and encourage them by our words and deeds Father, we pray for the Navajo Nation. Father, we have such deep respect for these people. And uh, we, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll be with the Navajo Nation and the Hopi Nation as they are both recovering from the COVID crisis and uh, know that they have been hit very heavily with this disease. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that, that they might recover. And uh, pray, Father, that things will open up and that the gospel can be spread. Again, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We ask you to be with our dear brother and sister in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank our producer, John White, making sure everything sounds good yeah, behind the cameras. Absolutely. And uh, thank yes, you guys indeed. as listeners coming on and joining us. Be sure to share this with somebody that uh, you might think needs a little encouragement today. You absolutely. guys have a great day. Love you. We love you. God bless you all.